audio was really bad until about three minutes in, so you might want to skip to that point. Hello, I'm Justin Perkins, and this is Talk Junkie, and this is one of my two podcasts I do a year, because uh, I know it's been a long time since I've done them, but today, I don't have to do it alone. Today, I've got uh, the artist formerly known as Dirty Dan, uh, Unclean Daniel, as we call him here on Talk Junkie, and uh, I'm just excited to have you here. That's the only reason I just made an excuse to do a podcast today, because <laughs> I haven't talked to you in so long. Yeah, it's uh, life, life's been a little crazy. Well, that's unfortunately that is life. Uh, so you're doing all right? Yeah, I'm. I'm on the upside of things. I'll call it. Well, that's good. That's good. And uh, I'm glad we can break our schedule because I know your schedule's hard. Uh, but I did notice. You had a barbecue this year. Maybe jerking at the barbecue. Is that was that a recent picture I seen in memory the other day? Uh, I'm struggling to understand you. Because it's... Look, it's been a long time since I've done this. I'm not sure this is not. Is it coming up all the time? No, it's like your game's all the way up. How about right there? That's better. Okay, how about right there? A little lower. How about right there? That's perfect. You just want me to talk nice and low and sick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on Facebook, that I don't know if it was a memory. What are you already barbecue? Oh yeah, I was barbecue. Okay, so, so oh, you're talking about the big old brisket I had. Yeah, yeah, that was for uh, that was for uh, I'm, I I cook for our work meetings. Oh, so I need a job for dirty damn. <laughs> I seen that and I was like, but now, and, and you, not to say where you work or anything, but like you work on vehicles and stuff like that. Like you're a, like mechanic technician. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, well now basically I'm the, the shop foreman. Um, uh, I oversee all mechanical repairs. I do a lot of the diagnosing. I jump in between the 38 jobs going on to give people hands and, Make sure they're getting the right parts. Make sure they're doing the right estimate and, and getting the job done the right way and safely. So you cook, you barbecue, you eat meat, you have a beard, and and you know how to fix things. So yes. I assume that makes you toxically masculine. And drive a tractor. And <laughs> yes, it did. I seen you. I seen you building the fire pit the other day. You're yeah. definitely toxically. Uh, masculine and and the reason I'm bringing it up is because I was thinking about it this weekend because uh, I was around some people and stuff this weekend and and I was thinking about that I I've been accused of being a lot of things in my life uh, but but never masculine I don't, I don't know that I can recall but now in today's world I am toxically masculine uh, just because I'm a guy um, I don't I'm a straight white male <laughs> I, I don't know how to fix anything at all um i don't know how to barbecue my friend jojo come up for a barbecue one time and the grill was literally on fire and uh, we ate ribs and they were awful <laughs> and he's a good dude like he, him and his wife are great people and, and afterwards he was like yeah man that wasn't that wasn't good let's not do that next time so the next time he he brought pulled pork and 
I made safer things that I could make and, and not mess up. But it's it's become funny to me, and and, and I say this because uh, that that's the good thing about having your own podcast. You you can you can talk about the things that other people don't don't want to talk about. Um, I, I've known you for a while, and, and and I believe I know you fairly well. And to me, uh, you just seem like a really good, a really kind, and a really tolerant person. And uh, I myself, and 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 because right now one of the big things going on is a lot of the stuff in the trans community. And I myself don't don't really, especially in adults, I have zero problem with it. None, none whatsoever. When it comes to sporting events, I have an issue, especially when it comes to kids sporting events and things yeah. of that nature. And, and and you know, if I was if I was, uh, you know, I have a daughter and she's twenty five. So you know, if she was competing in in an adult female sport, I would have an issue with that. But in regards to just what somebody wants to be called and how they want to live, there, no no issue with that whatsoever. But I would think that as much as the the prior years have been there's been this big issue with you can't make things too masculine especially uh there's not really been that much of a kickback with things being too feminine i think there will be uh but i would think that if it, it, it that the two would go hand in hand and say say we had a 25 year old uh uh trans person who used to be a female and and wanted to now be a male then their desire would be to uh, be toxically masculine, or at least to just be what's actually masculine and not toxic. And and see, I wouldn't I wouldn't have an issue with that. But you know, a, a lot of that about you, what what maybe people would consider toxic, is is, is what I respect about you. you. You're you're a hard worker. Yeah. You do a job that takes a lot of physical labor and a lot of mental knowledge. You know, and and you do the hard things in life. And and don't get me wrong. Willingly. Yeah. Willingly. And, and I don't. <laughs> how that becomes toxically masculine I, I don't know because my mom worked two sometimes three jobs if you counted her weekend job I, I don't think my mom was masculine at all i think my mom just did what it took to to get things done so i guess the, the, really the well, issue, that that would be called a strong independent woman yes well okay and and i don't i don't have a problem with that but maybe instead of labeling you as, as a toxic male or, or my mom as a strong independent woman, maybe if we just label them as responsible adults, hard workers. Yeah. Because I, I don't, I don't see the, the issue in that because like, you know, my grandpa would, would always brag. And, and that was my mom's dad, you know, he'd always brag on my mom because she was a hard worker, but my mom and dad was, was divorced since probably I was about third grade. And, and he would always brag on my dad. You know, he, he was always a, a big, fan of my dad and my grandpa would always tell me he'd go now look uh you're a really good person and your dad's one of the best people i've ever met and your dad's a really hard worker you need to learn to be a hard worker he said because your dad has to take care of you all via hard work because he's honest and he's kind and he does the right thing my grandpa said I, i'm not like that i'm a horrible person and i'll cheat anybody he said so i'm smart he said and so you've got to be one of two things you've either got to be a hard worker or you've got to be smart and he said and i love you to death but you seem to be too honest to be smart and he said so you know <laughs> you're gonna to have to be an honest dummy like your dad you know and he meant that in the sweetest best of ways yeah, that's how, way. yeah that's just how he, that's how he meant it and, and he really felt that way but you know i i've the the reason and you know, I didn't plan ahead. I just popped in, and that's how I do these. You know, the the, the my original intent you was just get on here and goof off for two hours. But I, I seen something in the last couple of days that just got that on my mind, and I couldn't get it off my mind. And I thought about, it, I was like, 
you know, I have had people tell me I'm, I'm toxically masculine. And again, for people that's only heard the, the podcast, I'm not a big dude. I'm not a violent dude. Um, I'm really pretty. Like there's nothing. Masculine. <laughs> you're opposite of <laughs> me. <laughs> well, you're a beautiful man too, Dan, but you're a tough guy. And there, there's nothing masculine about me. So to consider me toxically masculine is, is, is a weird thing, but I, I, I'm curious on that. It, it seems like a, a double standard to me because I'll tell you to me, um, let's look at, Bruce Jenner, who was the person that was a track star in these things, and Bruce Jenner was was pretty masculine, dude. He, he you know, had he a, was ripped. Yeah, and 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 in the negative connotation, if you want to put a negative connotation on toxically masculine, you know, he he was known to get around with the ladies, different ladies here and there and stuff. But he was an athlete in those things. But you know, once he transitioned into Caitlyn Jenner, that seems like he kept a lot of those toxically masculine traits and 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 you know and it's been okay you know what i mean it was okay for that whereas i would think he would go the opposite and become very or she would become the opposite and become very feminine and, and very outgoing so to me that that important designation between like and again I, i've i've got a boy and a girl you've got a girl like it's not a matter of saying okay well girls can only like these things and boys can only like that i've got a first cousin that hunted played basketball i mean everything that my parents probably wanted me to do she did i played no organized sports i can't shoot a bow i don't shoot guns i don't hunt she did those things she did those things and she enjoyed them. She had a very close relationship with her father, but she was definitely a very feminine person. There was no doubt about that whatsoever. There was no line being blurred there. And she wasn't a bad guy because she enjoyed these things that were genuine, generally masculine things. Now, she may have been called a tomboy at time, and I don't like that terminology. Which is a whole another topic. But... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like that terminology. So I, I guess what I struggled to, to see because I've never really paid attention to this toxic masculinity thing. Because, look, you and I both know people, undoubtedly, I know you, like, without even asking, I know you've come across them because everybody comes across them. I've come across guys that are, I don't know, they watched, um, you know, Sons of Anarchy too many times and didn't realize, it, like, not that that's a bad show, but you can take things that are good pieces of literature or good film or whatever and take only the negative out of them, you know, or they watched... Um, you know, they're, they're the type of guy that watches uh, a, a, a bad villain in a movie and, and glorifies that hero. You know what I mean? The, there are those guys that do reek of something toxic, but it's not because of their masculinity, you know, and, and, and it's not because of that. And it's just toxicity. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think if we picked out that and took that out of the situation, then there might be the problem. And, you know, I, what was said is, and, and this is what got me, I heard a woman say, well, you know, one woman said, I just, I don't want to see a man that, that is, is too masculine, that's toxically masculine at that point. And I, I can, I guess I can understand that, you know, it's a weird terminology to use in everyday conversation, but I can say, but then the other woman says, well, there's no such thing as a real man that isn't toxically masculine. That is the curse of the real man. Now, I was busy at the time, and I didn't have an opportunity to go talk to this lady, but I'm a big music fan, and I like Prince, and Prince is an amazing performer. 
Uh, he's an amazing guitar player. Like, dude, I, any category you can put Prince in, he's amazing in that category. I'm going to tell you right now, if you stand Prince and John Wayne side by side, there's a huge difference. Uh, Prince is not toxically masculine. Now, uh, I'm sure Prince had, well, we know. It, it's pretty common. Prince had zero issue in his dating life and yep. his romantic life. Uh, and, and was very successful as a a biological male seeking biological females. I assume that's all he saw. Maybe he saw it. I don't know. But anything he was I'll try for, anything once kind of deal. Who knows? Yeah. Anything <laughs> he was looking for, he didn't have a problem finding. Yeah. And I, I respect him as an artist and a performer and as a person. And, you know, I respect him as a man the same way I respect my mother as a woman. You know, I, and and neither one of those things come from a negative place. So obviously, there's there's men, men out there that aren't toxically masculine. Right. I mean, I and, and like for me, I respect women as women and men as men when they do the manly things and the the womanly things. Um, and as someone who, I guess, would be labeled high up there as a toxic ma- uh, ma- man. Um, because of everything I can and, and enjoy doing and my stature or appearance, I just, I get judged a lot right off the bat. Um, but you know, I'm the nicest guy until you piss me off. So there's nothing like if you were to meet me on the street and you judge me right off the bat, you'll look like a fool. If you call me a, a toxic man or, or that I'm full of toxic masculinity because I just don't care. Well, see, I don't I, care. I don't get that vibe from you at all, but I don't get that vibe from most men. Right. You, know? you, you, you really don't. And to be honest with you, like, especially growing up, my friends didn't want to make my mother mad. <laughs> my mother's sweetest woman ever was, but they don't want to make her. Like, you, you know, like if, if my grandfather had to go to court or he had to go buy something or go deal with somebody, he didn't take his son. He took my mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, that, that's, that's not a feminine trait. Again, like you said, that was, that was a strong woman, but that's, that's the thing that gets it is like to know you the way I know you like that's because we had this upcoming is why you popped up in my head. And I thought, well, you know, in, in societal view, Dan would pop up as that person. Like they would think of, because if they're thinking of me as that person, they're definitely thinking of Dan as that person, but mainly, and this is a sad thing because you can fix things. <laughs> that's really as corny as that sounds. That's, that's why it is. And you know, because and I'm outdoorsy. Yes. Well, I hike and I can weld. So I think that's what got me in that for a long time. I told my wife all the time, like I question, you know, maybe you could go both ways. Cause like, I'm again, like I like clothes. I like new shoes. <laughs> I'm, you know, and those things that are like, I, I've got a friend who, who's a lesbian lady. And what I like about the way she kind of navigates life is I would say, and I've never talked to her about this and, and, and I, she knows me and knows I love her death. And I, I, I mean, no disrespect from this, but by her and, and, and her now wife, by looking at those two, like, you know, you've always had the, the stereotypes of the more butch lady and yeah. the last butch lady, like in high school, this girl, I, I didn't really like, I, I thought she was an attractive girl. Uh, she wasn't super feminine. Um, you know, but again, I wasn't super masculine. So we, we were just very different. You know, we were oddball type people, both of us. So like we just clicked for that reason. And we've stayed friends since then. And she become open, openly uh, lesbian after high school and stuff. But at the point she's at now, I think 
without asking her because like you sh I don't know why you would have to ask them because it shouldn't matter but to me I think she would identify as maybe the the more masculine of the two and not because I think she is masculine I just think that she would take on that that role just because maybe there's a societal force for one to be that and the other not to be but because she, you said it you said the word identify exactly and, and that's that's where the downfall is in my opinion and I don't think she, I don't think, and, and again, this is me speaking for her, but, the, 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 you know, I, th I don't think that everybody wants to have to identify as one of those two things. I think she wants to be a woman in love with another woman. And to me, that's what she is. Because She I just still, wants to be her. Yes. And I still see the feminine aspects of what she does. Because the, there are, like, there's very feminine aspects to her personality, and I still see those. But I don't think that everybody ju judges people and, you know, and, and that's another word. Like you shouldn't judge. It's like you shouldn't have to identify. So I don't think everybody judges them in that, in that same realm of this is just a person in love with another person. You, you know what I mean? Like the, the biggest thing that on paper, my wife loves basketball, football, when it, she does not miss a Kentucky game of any sort whatsoever. I've seen one Kentucky football game because I took her to one live. I've never watched one on TV. I used to watch the Super Bowl just when I gambled on it, not because I knew what it was, you know, like or because I knew anything about it. Now, I was a huge NBA fan. I was a huge Jordan fan, but that was just kind of of the times, I think. I was yeah. a big Bulls fan. I'm still a Bulls fan. I'm a Fairweather Bulls fan. I'll be honest with you, completely honest with you, which means I've not really been a Bulls fan uh, from the time Jordan retired until Dirk Rose started, and then I quit again after Dirk Rose got hurt. Like, I'm just, you know, but my life is more on the masculine column uh, down those things than I am, it, you know, and like clothes. My wife doesn't want to go shop for clothes all day. Look, I'll go buy 500 band T-shirts, 16 pairs of shoes, and 14 pairs of pants, and that doesn't bother me. But I love that. I like to go look for stuff. I love outside. I had to stop at a uh, – at a, vendors mile on the way home and get stuff that i could throw up on uh, throw up on macari and and you know as part of that little shop i got on there and like i can sit and go through that stuff forever her and my son get super bored but you know i don't look at it and go well I, you know I, I can't do i i have to watch this sporting event and i have to do this because that's the masculine thing for me to do and, and i have to do that and, and i don't i don't get hung up in that but i believe that that people maybe more on the fringe of things like, like people in 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 same-sex relationships or people people who are trying to fit in with a certain demographic of voters yeah. like they in order to get their kind of maybe their message or their point across they're actually doing the opposite of what they want people to do and i think that's what this definition of of male toxic masculinity is doing is it is isolating and degrading and you know really being very judgmental and unfair to a demographic of people who didn't come for you they didn't come they didn't come look at like again uh i've never heard you say anything remotely mean or bad about anybody for any life choice that they've made but and i i haven't and and, and don't have any ill will towards those people but you know Again, all, literally, all I'd have to say is, you know, I like to drink up Budweiser and watch a football game. I like to watch Dallas Cowboys play this weekend. Now, you know, I'm not going to do those things. Obviously, I don't drink beer and I don't like right. Dallas Cowboys. But if I said that, that changes the way people think about me. Yep. 
The same way that those people that would change their opinion about how they thought about me, because that if I said, you know what I want to do, I want to go watch a, a musical this weekend. And maybe when I get home, have some mixed drinks. Well, I don't think mixed drinks, but I really do like musicals. And so, you know, that would get a negative connotation. People go, well, that guy's gay. He can't like that stuff. Well, that's wrong. You shouldn't say that. The same way you shouldn't say, well, that guy's an excellent cook and he can fix stuff. So he has to hate everybody. Like <laughs> you can't, you know, or even worse. And, and, and you and I have to, you know, a lot of that guy's black and, and he's probably angry and doesn't like cops or that guy's white and he's probably angry and doesn't like black people, <laughs> you know? And, and, Oh, I, I get, I deal with that five days a week. Yeah. It, it, you know, th that, that is one thing. I think that by proxy is going to get worse for me because of where you live now, because I think like for me living in Eastern Kentucky, I think there's a general assumption that I'm racist because I'm from Eastern yep. Kentucky. Whereas, uh, you know, the African American population was not very high in my county or at, at my, my school. Um, so, you know, I can't say, Oh, I had tons of, of black friends. Cause I, I didn't, I did, you know, I, I had, uh, two or three that I still talk to. And that's saying that there might've been six in the whole school. One of my best friends, Jeremy was, a, was a, a black guy and, and it well, still is, you know, he's not transitioned. <laughs> but like, you know, like they're, I can't, I can't say for them because I know some of them did encounter race. I know they did, you know, I, I know that they did just like I have, hanging out in Louisville. Like I've been the white kid in Louisville was not always fun going up there, but for the most part, it was pretty cool. But, you know, like my grandpa, you know, he owned this local store down here and you have a lot of guys come in and out guys, you know, these, these people work together and, and they had relationships with each other. And like, I really didn't see racism growing up. And again, I don't want to say that, well, no, black people in Eastern Kentucky never had racist things happen to them. Obviously they did. And, and no doubt they, it was happening when I was growing up. Right. You know, a lot of racism from white people is learned. So I, I think a lot yep. of the reason why I never had racist issues is because I was never taught racism and I never seen it. I never seen people go, well, you know, you, you can't trust so-and-so because he's black, you know, uh, my grandpa didn't have some type of policy where you couldn't spend money or charge if you were African-American, you know, like actually uh, the, 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 the only person my grandfather died that paid their bill that was owed to him. And, and look, I don't hold it against him back. Didn't because he really hadn't been in business for the last two years. It just illness was coming and going. And then all of a sudden the cancer hit and he died like 10 days after they put him in. But there was a guy come in, uh, I'll say his name. There was a guy named Dave. I won't give his last name. Come in, and and Dave is African American. And Dave come in. He, he paid his bill right off. And and I said, well, Dave, it was fifteen bucks. I said, look, it's gonna go to the estate, and I don't even know. I was like, there's really no point in it. I was like, you know, just the fact that you thought enough, because he also come and helped dig the grave. I was like, the fact that you thought enough to come do it is what matters. And he said, look, he said, when I was young, young. There wasn't a lot of people on this creek because I was the only color boy on this creek. There wasn't a lot of people that that would have let me have a credit line, not because I'd done anything wrong. He said, he said, and this is a good place to grow up. He said, I was treated right. He said, but your papa always treated me right. And he said, and he always treated me fair. He said, and he said, that won't mean nothing to you. He said, because you're a white kid <laughs> that was raised in a predominantly white area. He said, and that's not a knock on you. He said, but I wasn't. He said, and this man was good to me. He said, now I owe him $15. I'm going to pay him his $15. You know, so I, I never seen that a lot around here, but 
as you, the further south you go, once you get out of the south, there is this automatic assumption you're racist. And I never got that because I really believe there's not all the south, definitely not all the north either. There's some sweet spots in the south, and there's some sweet spots in the north where really in the south there's not racism. They just one group of people, mountain people, not white people or black people, one group of people, mountain people that had to struggle and they had to fight together and they had to make their way and they went together. The the only yeah. difference being is it was a predominantly white area. Whereas if you'd have went to South Central or you'd have went to South Side of Chicago or you'd have went, you know, maybe parts of Brooklyn back in the seventies, it would have been predominantly black. That that would well, be the difference. I mean, I, so I've I've lived in both worlds. You know, I, I lived in the South first. We moved up north when my dad retired from the Air Force. And we moved to a section that there was Section 8 between me and school. And I had to learn how to defend myself and fight to and from school. And yet, 10 minutes the other way, it was farm country. So I lived in a place... That was, and when I had bought my first house there on the two city blocks that my street was, we had three major gangs on those blocks. And just from appreciating having to learn the hard way of how to fight and defend myself, because it's not often a, a man of my size can actually fight, I earned their respect. I, you know, I'd interact. And, and that was, you know, I was a band kid. I was a farm kid. I was a sports kid. I was a smart kid. So I just mingled and floated around anywhere I had to go. And I'm cultured. That's what I like to call it. Cultured. Because let me tell you, <laughs> I ain't never met a white family that can cook like a black family. Oh no. <laughs> and and that is that is a thing, you know. And and the music and the atmosphere and the attitude is something that everybody should strive for when it's family it's good time it's good food it's good drink it's good memories and that's that's what goes on behind closed doors and we just assume that you know and I, when i say we i mean the white people assume that they're just up to no good because you can't see me you don't know what they're doing and from the same side it's they think that we're all having you no know, black tie black tie dinners and fucking $3,000 cups of tea and shit, and we just think we're all better than them. And I get where both sides come from. But I, why we got to that point, I don't understand or know or can't figure out why it's just kept going and gotten worse. Well, I think it happens for the same reason that the toxic, toxic masculinity thing happens. Huh? It, it, is, it is a... It's, it's the narrative we're fed. It's, it's what comes out of news. It's what comes out of entertainment. It's what comes out of public discourse because public discourse isn't really discourse. Public discourse is you being told what they want you to think. And I don't, I don't even think that it was a matter of uh, this master plan to, to, to separate men and women, to separate people of race and stuff. I think it was, well, okay, well, there was a point in time when Southern Democrats who were the most re- racist people in the United yep. States at that time. Which is a very forgotten Ironic fact. thing, yes, but those Southern Democrats and a lot of those Southern Bible Belt Republicans, it's hard to call them that because at the time they really weren't, but those people, they had the loudest voice. 
because they had the majority and they had the money and they had the power and they had the loudest voice. Whereas then it makes that turn to where, okay, well, Northern Republicans somehow become more racist viewed than Southern Republicans, but they have the loudest voice. They have the loudest. And, and so, you know, you, you get told that, and you look at entertainment, there really was a conscious effort. Go back and look at a lot of seventies and eighties movies, not black exploitation movies, because that, that black exploitation sounds like a negative, but it really wasn't. Those people were portrayed in, in a positive light, but you know, most of your African-American people in movies at that time were in gangs. They were violent. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I don't even know what happened, and I don't know why it came back. It just froze. <laughs> it did. Look, it it told me all of a sudden the meeting was ending. Look, Zoom, get your stuff together. Because we're still recording. According yeah. to, we're just gonna keep going. And I don't even remember where I left off at, but uh, that's good. I mean, that's a good set <laughs> to to go into something else. Now. <laughs> I obviously remember when you started podcasting, and I don't know what that noise was. Me either. <laughs> you started podcasting, and and obviously, you know, uh, you, you come in with Goose, and and we both knew him from that and stuff. But you know, I look at my week, and, and you had, you know, I remember you saying, "Well, you knew the podcast before you came on the podcast because you'd listen to to hear the bubble." And I look at my week. And, 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 you know, what I do in a week, you like, you know, I drive about three hours to work. Uh, it's look for people that if they knew the route would go, well, you could do that in two and a half, maybe two forty-five. You probably could. I do it in about three fifteen cause I drive slow and I stop and get something to, you know, but that gives me three hours in the vehicle and, you know, used to that time would have been completely eat up with music. And I still, I'm admire me, love music. I got a Deftone shirt on right now. Like that's music is a big chunk of my life, but about the time. And, and I think it's important to give them credit about the time I found Joe Rogan on YouTube. I slowly made that transition to Joe Rogan on iTunes. And then from there, you know, it, it was Joe Rogan. I, maybe the audio books and the the music stuff kind of went away and I started doing these podcasts to where now, you know, um, most Mondays, you know, I know what podcast is going to be waiting for me when I get in the car to take off driving Tuesday to where my days, you know, Monday through Friday, those mornings and those evenings coming back are about all podcasts. And I'll be completely honest with you. A really huge chunk of those are, podcasts about old movies they, they really are but some of them and i don't listen to rogan and and it's not anything political that i don't like rogan it's a I man i've on my second phone that hates spotify it just won't work like for me to do rogan's usually at the house sitting down and and usually on youtube like not youtube but spotify the video version on on yeah. my because he would always be up there like i don't again i'm not very manly so i don't get into the 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 fat ones even though i'm a jujitsu guy like i just i don't, I, don't get I like the scientists and the weirdos and the comedians you know and so i'll listen to these really long format uh the the tarantino podcast i listen to it's pretty long obviously rogan when i can get it to download and work it's super long you know so here is this format that lacks all the bells and whistles of modern entertainment you know no big explosions it's not a marvel movie which you know and not knocking them but you know it's not that form of entertainment 
it's also not this form of entertainment that they said was going to take us over and, and rule us and, and make us the dumbest uh, species on the planet. It's not TikTok. It's not a 15 second clip. It's not even a 30 second clip. It's this long form discussion. And it is discussion and it's all auditory for the most part. It's everything that should not be successful, but it is. And, you know, even like Talk Junkie at this point, I'm closing in on 200 episodes. If I had back the audience I had for the first, say, from episode 30 to episode 100, I could probably monetize to this point and make money. The, the audience I got now, all fives to tens of them is going to hear you this week. And that's about it. And that's okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'll be one of them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have an issue with it. Like, it, that really doesn't bother me all that bad because I don't feel like it's of a quality that it should be up there. But I like that I can still participate and do it. And, and that's what makes podcasts this weird thing. And, and like, what got you hooked on listening to podcasts? And is it still something that you're big into listening to? Oh, yeah. And, and the, the boys at work will yell at me to turn my serious on because I, again, music's a huge part of my life. And uh, it, I, it's usually between Octane or Turbo or Liquid Metal for me because, oddly enough, the heavier the music, the more relaxed I am. Me, same here. And I, I love, <clears throat> I was having this talk with my neighbor last weekend, you know, from Eastern Kentucky, um, very sheltered in terms of what we were talking about beforehand until he moved to Lexington and had to like relearn how to live in the world. Um, you know, diehard country fan. But two of his best friends from high school are actually a metal band that I, I listen to. And He's like, well, how how do you like that music? Like, I can't understand a fucking word they're saying. I'm like, that's that's where you got to stop and start over. It's, metal music is some of the most melodic and harmonious and intricate music there is. And yes, n- not all metal music is the grungy death metal. Okay, we're back on this. The universe is trying to stop us. But not like you were saying, like it, to to listen to to metal and as melodic and and beautiful yeah. as it can be. Um, and and when you can understand that, you appreciate it a lot more. And you know, when you become a fan and you look up these bands and whatnot, then you can understand the artist a little more. You know, you look at the lyrics because you like the song you understand what sounds and tones are making what (laughs) guttural sounds that are coming out of their mouth. And you can kind of start to understand it. Um, Like Parkway Drive. I don't know if you know that band or not. They're from uh, Perth, Australia, I believe. And they're all of their songs are just so well, perfectly put together. Everything flows so nicely and yet then you look at these guys and you're like oh they probably do like alternative rock or they're like the new offspring and then you hear them and you're like how does that guy make that sound oh yeah I, and I, you got lucas england on the drums who's just he's like a fucking machine a well-old machine just so smooth and articulate and, and just consistent and and you just do you just look at that and you really can develop a good appreciation for that 
Well, I had somebody tell me one time, said, look, you know, somebody like uh, the, the lady from Ginger, you know, she only sings that way because that's all she can do. And I'm like, well, go listen to the song Pisces because she'll hit three different styles in that one song. She's better at all three of those styles than most people you've seen. And then she does that guttural vocal better than most men because it's, quote, a man's vocal style. She does it better than most men. Oh, yeah. Um, hang on one second. Um weird video playing now that i don't want to take it <laughs> I t- look they, they have to get us they don't want us to podcast is what it is they're, they're afraid this will be successful i'll have a good episode okay. for the chiropractic video that just randomly started playing back i'm like whatever um but anyway you know getting back to the original question before you know the universe is trying to do this um i the, the boys will tell me that because i i listen to uh, the Diesel Performance Podcast with Paul Wilson and Chris Emke, uh, the Diesel Podcast, America's Diesel Podcast, uh, Diesel Shop Talk Podcast, um, Mechanic Do's and Don'ts, uh, the old NPR one that's into a podcast now with Car Talk. Um, I, I, I enjoy and, and always have and always will listening to those. And, and then that's when the boys yell at me to turn my series on because they're tired of hearing stuff they don't understand. But that's because they're not as passionate about the job as I am. Well, and and that that's something I so, remember. And, and you know, as long as as long as I still have the passion for what is my job, I think I will always be into and listen to podcasts. And and because of everything else I do and and think about, I you know, again, it's not going to go away from that either. Because uh, the Jerry is, I I do find quite a bit of his guests fascinating to, to listen to or talk to and, and research stuff from them and and then there's just dumb ones where i get a good laugh and giggle out of them so oh yeah I, and and that's the thing is it's it's a it's a varied art form you've got entertainment and stuff there the thing i compare it to and uh, you know at my i'm 40 so i was born in 82 so by 92 i'm 10 and i'm obsessed at that point with say wrestling okay well i couldn't listen to the five million wrestling podcasts that are out there and i I couldn't know all these things that they're gonna what i had to do is i had to go to the grocery store and i had to get a magazine and i had to read about it and in a lot of ways to me that's kind of what this what it is it's um, it's, you know, it, it's that, that new magazine for the new era, you know what I mean? Like it's, here's all these things that, that we want to, to discuss and look at because the magazine doesn't list it. It doesn't exist anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not there and it's, these podcasts are interest-based you know, like I, I'm into movies. Like, you know, I'm not going back and reading the, you know, every year some new critic will come out with top 100 movies or whatever it was, you know, uh, of all time. Right. And it was a new list. Now you've got, uh, you've got these podcasts about movies and about these, these things that I love. And in your case about, you know, how, how many times did you wait for the next, uh, you know, Mopar month. I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty fun. You know, whatever it was, Mopar monthly. You know, Ford quarterly. Um, you know, whatever it was. But like th- that information, because I mean, you can get it from a YouTube video. But like you said, if you're working and you're into this stuff, you know, and you're going on, like 
you're not going to watch the video, but the podcast, and it, and it opens up like you have the opportunity to be a better mechanic, and, and and to be to be able to diagnose issues with a vehicle better. You have more opportunity to do that on your own and become better that at that on your own than somebody did ten years ago, than somebody did twenty years ago, because you have that access. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And, and podcast to me is unique in that way. Like it's not mind numbing and stupid. I'm like you. Like I watch, I listen to this podcast called uh, Bad Movies That Rule. There, there's nothing educational in that. It's just a really fun time, and it's fun to listen to. Now, the Tarantino right. podcast, can you learn? You can learn stuff from. It. You can learn stuff about movies and stuff like that. But also, I'll sit and listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson's. You know, a lot of those I will admit comes more on YouTube, uh, and, and I like that. I like the video podcast element. You know, I do like that about Rogan. Like I'll catch myself watching Rogan sometimes, like TV. But yep. I can stay on Rogan for three hours whereas i can't i don't you know it'd have to be a really good movie for me to stay there for three hours and i think about that you know and i think that's something that's unique to podcasting and it shouldn't work by all metrics and everything you know else it shouldn't work that shouldn't that shouldn't be a formula for success right well and and the other nice thing like i feel like it's better because like me if if i end up sitting down because i move so much all the time it, I, I end up passing out because I don't have the healthiest sleep habits. So, you know, if I'm down, I'm going to go down. Whereas when I'm listening to this stuff, it allows me to keep moving, keep working, keep doing something, and I can enjoy it and still listen to it at the same time and not get pissed at myself when I wake up in a fucking daze and go like, oh, great, now i got to figure out where I left off, the last thing I remember hearing. You know, it, it's just, it's easier. Yeah. It's easier to listen to what you want to enjoy. Oh, I, I agree. But and there's shows, there's shows that I don't dislike. But there's shows that I'll put on that are purely just, I don't, you know, like they're just there for background noise. And when there's one, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like that. Like I'll put it on, and and then all of a sudden something will catch my attention, and I'll look at the time and write it down, and I'll be like, okay. And then I'll have to go back and revisit that because it is one of those ones that goes in and out. And then I've got ones like this. Right. There's this one called the Y Files, and I think actually it's based completely. I I think it. I've seen it on both platforms, but I think it's actually the YouTube videos just put into podcast form. They're short, you know, fifteen to twenty minutes. Uh, it's weird oddball stuff it's informative and it's fun I, I like it i like to listen to it you know and it's just a quick little thing like they all don't have to be super long you know uh right they they don't have to be because like spooky family used to get crap all the time if they done longer episodes where i preferred their longer episodes you know people were yeah. oh your episodes are too long i'm like well, this is, <laughs> don't listen to it all at once i don't know <laughs> it's not it's not that hard like you, you can it, that that's a that's a problem you shouldn't you know that's a listener problem that's not your problem like you know this right. this may end up being a long podcast if this is a long podcast break it up do it you know you don't have to run the whole marathon the first time do it but I'm like you I think in a lot of like I'd say you're the same way when I get started on one like I'm I'm jonesing to finish it you know I want it finished yep. and and it always feels like it's not long especially roundtable stuff like. One of the few things times I listen to my voice is when I was on roundtables with you guys and like to go back, I would, I'd be sitting and listen. I was there for the conversation. I heard it, but there's so many things, and, you know, me and Bowen's talked about this a lot. So many things I would have missed. Like I did miss while we were there doing it, like especially jokes and stuff. And I go back right. and, and listen to it. And I'm like, 
even though I was there and it happened and I know when it's going to end, I don't want it to end as a listener. Like I wanted to listen. Like I want to know what you had to say next. I wanted to know what, what Bolin was going to sneak in. I wanted to know, you know, what goose was going to sneak in. Like I, I, I looked forward to that, you know, and that's, I went back and listened to the podcast that you and goose were on here. And then actually to get bowling because I see me and bowling were, we were podcasting together years before we met goose you know because we we've we grew up together you know and we had right. a, a mutual friend and he was into he was into podcasting before me and i didn't know it like um the stuff i like podcast if it had kept going it would be five years old this year uh talk junkie i think is four years old uh maybe four and a half somewhere and i can't remember right around that but you know there was a show called raven television addict that was about the same time like as talk junkie and and, and that's where me and bowling would would get in and bowling <laughs> I, uh, I i won't say it. i won't blow his cover but bowling is very argumentative when he wants to be whether he believes something or not and he's very convincing right. when he wants to be whether he believes something or not <laughs> and and he is the world's best at it and bowling but i could i would go back and listen to those episodes and bowling would get me upset you know, like, and me knowing, but I know he didn't believe what he was saying, but he'd get me upset. And then he, he could get me to defend people that I didn't like, people that I was disgusted by, and he could get me to defend them. You know, he has that beautiful ability that, that not everybody has. But, right. you know, podcasting's really, me and him hadn't seen each other in better than 15 years and, and rarely got a chance to talk by the time we started podcasting. And it let, you know, me and him uh, reconnect. And then Goose, I, I, we're from the same area, and I knew who he was. I knew about the movie he had made when I was, like, quite a bit younger because a band I used to play for ended up doing some of the music for that movie. I wasn't in the band at the time or anything, but, like, I heard of him from that. Like, I'd heard of him. But I never met him. And then met him, and, and, you know, we become really good friends through podcasting. I actually met Eli first and, and done an episode with Eli, um and and then the only time i've ever been disappointed in goose in my life i, I did the episode with i'll tell you this later, but i did this episode with eli and uh eli and i discussed a topic and then he was like hey i'll tell you who you need to talk to you need to talk to this cronkite and goose i meet them cronkite swedish human there was fell in love with cronkite and, and and goose and and you know met them through this and then ended up meeting you through this and like you know, I look back, podcast has been really good to me because uh, I get excited. I see a message from you in my messenger or something or I get the chance to have you on here and just get to talk to you. I get excited for that. I get excited the chance to talk to Goose and Bowling. I, I love dearly. And, and, you know, had him on my podcast for the first time. When he was on there, that's the first time he's ever been on. Like he's never, he's never done the show. Not because of any reason other, I think, than just to go, uh, you've never had me on just so he could say that, even though I've asked him <laughs> dozens of times, this is the way he is, but you know, it, it's this weird medium that it shouldn't be like, it's so antiquated. It's so old. It's old school. Like it's like old school radio. Like it shouldn't be as big as it is, but it's huge, you know? And it, and it's, it's one of the biggest parts of my life now. It, it, and it's where I make friends and, and, and get to, see them i don't know what this thing's doing now 
I, yeah, I don't know what what is going on. <laughs> it's, but going, it's, it's, it's going. It's going. Look, this is what happens when you don't do your show and you're always just kind of guessing. Like I hadn't, I hadn't podcasted like this with a person other than Goose and Bowling, and I, I don't even remember how we recorded that. Actually, Goose may have recorded that and sent it to me. That that's how out of it I've been. You know, I'm back to your favorite. I'm back to the Rumble Strip episodes, and and I right. was I was knocking them out. I was doing two and three a week, and I got some put back. I guess I actually had one I was going to release, and I was like, no, the next time I do it, I want you know, because we'd already had this schedule. I was like, next time I do one, I want it to be me and Dan. I was like, so I'm waiting for that, and and, and I appreciate you very much coming on and doing it, and and doing my boring serious talk for two hours almost hey. an hour now hey and, and you know and that's the one thing i wanted to say with with podcasting being as big as it is like it's just nice to be able to just sometimes sit back and relax and just talk yeah and, and it gives you that opportunity you know this po- and, this episode right here like i had nothing i didn't give a shit if we did this episode or not like i just wanted to talk to you and in the last yeah. the last episode I did with my friend Mandy, I, I just I just want to talk to her. And the last one I done with Bowling and Goose, I just I just wanted to hang out and talk to them, you know. And and, and it's been with my friend Hoover and I, you know, every time I've I've had him on the other part of the retro cult, which I'm trying to, you know, I, I wish I could do one full time, let alone two, but you know, I've had him on right. here. I'm trying to get him on there or vice versa, I can't remember. But it was just to talk to him. But you know, the the way I got started with Talk Junkie is I tried the stuff I like and I deleted episodes and it was horrible. It just, it was, and it was my first go. Like it just didn't work. And I was like, okay, let's back up and punt. And so I scheduled this podcast. It's going to be about retro stuff because that's what I originally started out the podcast about. And it was going to be called The Other Four Horsemen. It's going to be myself, uh, a guy named Jeremy Patrick, a guy named uh, Josh White, and a guy named Joey Crater early enough all jays but there was four of us and and we did one episode and it ended up becoming the first episode of talk junkie and it's still one of my favorite episodes i've ever done like it was super fun my equipment sucked i couldn't get the mic levels right but it was it was fun we did it we actually had a local pizza place they give us their back rooms use it as much as you want that's where we were going to record every week we did one episode and that's as far as we got but me and my friend Joey, the one I called Jojo, we would we met up like two weeks later. And I was like, well, it's just me and you do it because he's hilarious. You know, and I was like, just me and you do it. So we met at the pizza place and ate and we were there about two and a half hours. And for we just, we just didn't record. And I was like, well, you know, at least we got to hang out. We'll record next week. The next week we came and we were there probably about two or three hours and we didn't hook up the equipment. So the third week, me and him just showed up and met and eat and talked. And I didn't even bring equipment. So I was fine with that. It, you know, it, I didn't get an episode out of it, but I was hanging out with my best friend. So I was cool. And that just become our thing. He, he really wasn't interested in podcasting whatsoever. He, you know, he just wanted to hang out and I just wanted to hang out. So talk junkie become a solo thing. And, and, you know, me and him had our little Sunday get togethers there for a long time like that until I had to go back out of town. But, you know, the whole purpose in, in starting podcasting really was to hang out with people. And and, and that's what I've got to do. So it, it can be this really personal thing. Like with with you today, I just want to talk to you. Like I, I love you. You're, you're a great dude. I just want to get and talk to you and, and get to hang out and stuff. But there will be people that enjoy it. May not be a lot, 
You know, maybe a ton. This may be the biggest episode I've ever had. It may be the worst. I don't know. I'd say those first couple topics are going to keep us from being super popular. But, <laughs> you know, like there will be people that do because I've listened to podcasts of guys I don't even know hanging out together and they're just having a good time and I'm having the good time with them and I, I'm enjoying the conversation with them. And if they do what we've done today and they cover some topics and, and get on some stuff that's fun and entertaining, then you know, that's awesome. Like it, that makes it even better, you know? And, and right. I really enjoy that. I enjoy the fact that that possibility is there one to do something that entertains other people, but to do something that's self gratifying. And Rogan has said it a thousand times. He does his show because he wants to talk to cool people. And, and he did it. He did it when they said it was too long and that won't work. People got a short attention span and they say, you can't have those type of guests on because nobody cares about science and shit. Like he, he defied all those. You know, yeah, you just said, hold my beer and watch this. Yeah. And was super successful at it. Yeah, he still is. Yeah, he's he's the godfather. Like, he, you know, I mean, I know there was the, um, I forget their names now. There was two that come before him, technically, I guess, but Rogan's the reason it is what it is. Oh, I agree. I agree 100% to that. And, but, and probably Talk Junkie. I, Rogan and Talk Junkie. Those, those two podcasts right there are probably, you know. The reason I mean, I, is what it is. I, you know, I feel like I feel like I didn't know who J, the, what, what Jerry was until I knew what Tom Kennedy was. I, so. Like I, you know, and I don't like to 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 talk about that, but I, I think you know I'm probably the bigger show, you know, and but you know it 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 is what it is, like you know. Well, I mean, you know, from a listener standpoint, it's it's just kind of boring hearing the same old thing and, and, and seeing the video of a guy sitting on one side of the table and some other random guy sitting there. It's the rumble scripts for me, man. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It it, it has a, a natural element to it, you know. It it feels it feels more natural, you know. And yeah. I'm and I'm just good. It, you know, that, that's a lot of it. You know, I'm I'm really good at what I do. You know <laughs> driving off the road. <laughs> yeah. I'm good at hitting the rumble strips. I hit them even when I'm not recording. It's yeah, I'm I'm a natural at it. Listen, buddy, I thank you so much for coming on doing the show. And uh, if your schedule stays free, you're going to have to pop on every once in a while and hang out with me because this is, we live too far apart. It's our only excuse to get together. Yeah. yeah, for sure, man. I mean, you know, anytime you, you get the wild hair, if you're asked to have me like, on, just shoot me a message. I'll be there. All right, buddy. Thank you very, very much. And everyone else, thank you for listening. If you got any questions, if you, you want to shoot some questions at me that I can ask uh, Unclean Daniel next time he's on. Uh, yeah. And it'll be <laughs> next show will be the Unclean Daniel and the Dingy Dave Power Hour. But uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, if, if you got any questions or any questions about the show, or if you actually listen to the show this week by accident or something, uh, it's talkjunkie at gmail.com. Um, start a podcast and do it with your friends so you get to see them. Uh, because if, if nothing else, there's that value in it. And if you and your friends are entertaining, maybe we'll be listening to you next week instead of you listening to us. But uh, don't suck and don't die and be good to people and all that other job. <laughs>